You're listening to the Quince podcast. In big development in Karnataka politics, State Minister of Rural Development and Panchayat Raj, Kesh Ishwarappa, announced his resignation from office on 14th April after allegations of corruption and his alleged role in the suicide of a contractor surfaced. The news of Ishwarappa's resignation is huge given that it was not expected in the days after the allegations surfaced. Ishwarappa too had been defiant on the issue and even previously stated to media that there is quote-unquote no question of him resigning as a minister. His resignation comes on the heels of the death of Santosh Patil, a contractor involved in various government projects. Patil was found dead in a hotel in Udipi on 12th April and in his final message that he purportedly sent to his friends, he named Ishwarappa as quote-unquote solely responsible for his death. Pertinently, Patel had also alleged that Ishwarappa harassed him for a bribe to clear the bills regarding some construction work, reportedly asking for a 40% bribe of the total cost of the project, which reportedly amounted to a whopping Rs 4 crore. The UDP police has so far registered an FIR against Ishwarappa and two of his aides under Section 302 of the Indian Penal Code, which deals with abetment to suicide. Although the minister has denied the charges, his surprise resignation throws a new twist in the entire case, with the big question being, was he pushed to resign from office? We discussed the resignations and the case with the Queen's South Bureau Chief Nikola Henry and Nahid Ataullah, a senior journalist based in Bengaluru. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Imad. We dive straight into what we know so far about the resignation, which came around 7pm on 14th April. In his resignation statement, Ishwarappa said the following, I'm resigning to prevent embarrassment to the government. I'm confident that I will emerge clean from this issue. I have not done anything wrong. I thank all my party members and seniors. I will resign tomorrow. End quote. And the resignation comes as a big surprise because the BJP leadership in the state and at the national level remained defiant so far. Ishwarappa himself asserted that he will quote-unquote definitely not resign and that quote-unquote if they are asking for my resignation, I won't give one. And just hours before the resignation as well, Karnataka Chief Minister Bomai had told NDTV that his cabinet colleague would not step down until the report of the preliminary inquiry was out. The Queen's Nicola Henry fills us in on what we know so far about the resignation and its significance. Uh, Himmat, so far what we know is that uh, K- uh, Minister K.S. Ishwarappa held a press conference in Shibmoga and said that he will uh, tender his resignation on Friday. Um, in the press conference, he said that he has not resigned because of pressure from the Congress. Um, he said that uh, he, before tendering, before deciding to tender his resignation, he consulted Chief Minister Basavaraj Bombay and senior uh, Parivar leaders, by which he may have meant uh, senior leaders of the BJP. Um, he said that he did not want to trouble them any further because of which he decided to um, tender his resignation. Uh, he said that uh, he is innocent and that he never demanded any bribe uh, to the tune of 40% commission from uh, the deceased person uh, contractor Santosh K. Patil. CM Baswaraj Bombay addressed uh, media persons um, in Karnataka and said that uh, he did have a conversation with uh, Minister Ishwarappa um, during his 
conversation with Minister Rishurappa, the minister said that uh, he is innocent and that he will be proven innocent very soon. He did pledge um, to uh, CM Basavaraj Bombay uh, that uh, he is uh, innocent of all the charges which are leveled against him, including the charge of uh, abetment of suicide and uh, a demanding of bribe. Um, Chief Minister Bombay also uh, said that uh, there has been no pressure from the senior BJP leadership uh, on Ishurappa to tender his resignation. Now, let's turn back the clock a bit and understand what the charges and the allegations against Ishwarappa are exactly. The case involves a civil contractor, Santosh Patil, 37, who allegedly died by suicide. Patil, who hails from Belagavi, was missing since 11th April and his body was found in a lodge in Udupi by the police on 12th April. In a WhatsApp message which Patil purportedly sent to his friends, he named Ishwarappa and said that the minister was quote-unquote solely responsible for his death. Patel had earlier accused Ishwarappa of asking for a bribe of 40% of the total cost of the project, demanding a commission to the tune of rupees 4 crore for the construction of a road in Belagavi's Hegaldo village. As per a News Minute report, Patel alleged that he has been receiving threatening calls since he alleged the corruption charges and further alleged that Ishwarappa was harassing him through hired goons. Speaking to the Hindu, Patel said that he has paid the minister over rupees 15 lakhs in bribes to date. But Ishwarappa being in the storm of conspiracies is not new, according to Nahid Atolla, a senior journalist based in Bengaluru. She weighs in on the minister's reputation as a political leader and the allegations against him in the past. It's important for our listeners to note that this interview was recorded before Ishwarappa announced his resignation. Uh, Ishwarappa is basically a rabble-rouser. And uh, this is what the BJP uh, is looking for in some members of their party. Uh, he is the kind the RSS wants, a person who can take their Hindutva agenda forward. And uh, he can also go to the extreme, perhaps... Uh, which can be matched, uh, if I can say, by another colleague of his, that's the National Secretary C.T. Ravi, who coined the word economic jihad recently uh, when for the uh, boycott of these Muslim vendors. Corruption is not new to Yadio Ishwarappa. In 2012, the Lokayita raided his house somewhere, it was in December 2012, when he was a deputy CM. And when the Lokayita raided it, they found a currency counting machine in his house. And this issue also figured in the uh, legislative council later. And uh, Ishwarappa was nonchalant about this. He said that, so what if he has a currency counting machine, since uh, Lokayita had cleared him of all the charges. And he said, basically, he is a businessman. And his statement was then supported by the JDS MLC, who said uh, a counting machine, a currency counting machine is essential in the house to detect fake notes. The BJP needs some persons like uh, Ishwarapa, as, as I put it in my copy, loose cannons. And of course, for all his, some of his statements uh, during the elections also in the past, the election commission has uh, sent him uh, notices. FIRs have been filed against him. The recent FIR, that is not the one regarding the suicide of Santosh K. Patil, and earlier in February, an FIR has been filed against him for uh, speaking about the national flag. He said uh, some, uh, some 100 or 500 years later, the saffron flag will be uh, flying on the red fort in place of the national flag, the tricolor. Before we head on to the next segment of this episode, a short promo for our new entertainment podcast, Itni Stare Bate. As you wrap up the daily grind of the week, kick off your shoes and tune in to the Quince weekly podcast series, Itni Stare Bate, where you have refreshing and candid chats with India's favorite Bollywood stars. 
Hi, I'm Abhira Dhar and catch my conversation with Sakshi Tanwar and Vivek Mushra this Friday only on Itni Stari Baate. Available on most of your preferred podcast streaming platforms. And now, back to the podcast you were listening to. Now back to the episode. Ishwarapa's resignation is also a big development because of what he means to the BJP state cadre. He was essentially a protege of former Chief Minister B.S. Sethurupa and helped set up the base of the BJP in Shibmoga. Being from the Kuruba caste, which is over 8% of the state's population, Ishwarapa played a major role in raking in votes for the party. In 1992, he became the BJP state president and later the deputy chief minister. But what makes him stand out from other leaders like Yadurapa is his hardline approach to politics and his leaning towards the RSS. Nahid Ataullah weighs in on Ishwarapa's political tenure and his approach to politics. Ishwarapa on his own cannot be credited for mobilizing votes of the backward uh, classes, the, uh, which is one of the reasons why the uh, BJP central leadership is uh, delaying a decision on uh, asking him to go in the present situation. But in fact, he was not known outside Shimoga until he was made the state party president in 1992, uh, though he made his electoral debut in to the assembly in 1989. It was only in uh, 1992 when he was a state party president, he started touring the state and then when he could mobilize the workers. Uh, Ishwarapa is, uh, belongs to the Kuruba community. That is a backward class community in Karnataka, which comes and the population is close to approximately 8% of the total 6.11 crore population of the state. And the BJP sees him as the face of the party to counter Congress Sidramaya. Of course, Sidramaya is still today the undisputed leader of the backward classes. But the BJP's attempts to project Ishwarapa as the backward classes phase, especially the Kuruba phase, has not worked so far. And what he brings to the table, of course, on his own, is he cannot mobilize votes because in 2013 election assembly elections as the deputy CM from Shimoga, he lost. And not only did he lose, he came third in the position as a deputy CM. So when he could not win from his own constituency, one cannot expect him to bring votes for the others also. And for Shimoga, it was basically Yadurapa who can be credited for building the party, which started from Shimoga and has spread to other parts of the state. In fact, when Yadurapa stepped down, as CM in July 2021, one he recalled one incident about how he used to go on a bicycle alone with no one to support him to build the party. See, the basic difference between Yadurapa uh, and Ishwarapa is that Yadurapa is seen as a moderate BJP man, the one who, who like uh, A.B. Vajpayee, who was a BJP leader, but who was seen as a moderate BJP leader. So, but as Ishwarapa, he, he can take things to extreme extent. And this is what the RSS also wants. See, uh, they want a person who for who can speak uh, as an extremist, uh, and which they cannot expect from Yadurapa. And that is why uh, we had Yadurapa making that statement recently, saying that Muslims should be allowed to live with peace and dignity. When all these narratives were happening, so, of course, there is a streak of rebellion in BJ, in uh, Yadurapa and also in Ishwarapa. So, when uh, Yadurapa was asked to step down, 
and then the big uh, after the Lokaita report that was in 2011. And the, he, uh, there was the BJP central leadership did not support him. After he came out from jail, he formed his own party. He walked out of the party. The same kind of rebellion you can see in Ishwarapa also. When he tried to form his uh, Sangoli Rayana brigade, that was supposed to be Sangoli Rayana was, was a trusted lieutenant of Kittu Rani Chenama, who was the queen in Belgaum, in Belgavi. So, but to, that brigade was supposed to work for the uplift of Dalits and the backward classes. But somewhere, uh, the central, uh, central, sorry, the BJP leadership stepped in, admonished him, and uh, now it has been disbanded. Of course, the BJP needs a hardliner to push their agenda for the 2023 elections. But they still have not found a person like uh, Yogi Adityanath in Karnataka. So, but Ishwarapa is just what it, again, which which I have to repeat, is the rabble rouser. A yogi Adityanath can make statements, and those statements, even if uh, a section of the uh, voters may not agree, it will appeal to us. It was appealing to others, but uh, Ishwarapa's statements will not uh, go down the line. The calls for Ishwarapa's resignation had been growing by the day, with Karnataka Congress leaders including D.K. Shivakumar and former Karnataka Chief Minister Sudaramaya, along with others being detained by the Bengaluru police on 14th April after they were stopped from marching towards CM Bomai's residence to demand Ishwarapa's resignation. This story is still developing and for more updates on this, head over to the Quinn's website. This is our last episode for The Big Story this week and we'll be back on Monday, 17th April. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts.